Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Beer Sample Friday. Woo! How are you? My name is Jason <laughs> Hammer. TK Dub is here. Matt Bear is here. Nigel is not. Nigel is out getting uh, parts of his body waxed, which means that Mindy Winkler gets to fill in for Big Nige. Mindy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, especially on Beer Sample Friday. Yeah, finding co-hosts on Friday is always pretty easy <laughs> for us. Nobody sure. ever wants to work with me on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. I'm working with you this coming Tuesday, too, though. Good, good. <laughs> well, thank you for hanging out. And again, we try to have as much fun as we can on this program, but... It's also our job, our civic duty as broadcasters, to let you know what's happening here in Central Indy. And for a long time, we've been talking about the crime. The revolving door of the criminal justice system here in Marion County. Like, I get it. Some of you guys are probably tired of hearing about it. But this is the thing. We can't become numb to having homicide after homicide, shooting after shooting. The last thing we need is for people to get numb to this kind of stuff. Correct. I mean, that's just it, is the fact that per capita, we are pretty much leading the country, aren't we? Well, beating (laughs) Chicago. Yeah. (laughs) Per capita, Indianapolis is seeing more homicides than Chicago. Um, So the violent trend of numbers continues. So what is today? The 7th of October, 10-7. So 10 deadly shootings in the first six days. We don't have the numbers out completely for today because obviously today is not done. But 10 deadly shootings in the first six days of October. Four people were shot in an eight-hour span last night into early this morning, Mm -hmm. according to the IMPD. At least nine people shot, one stabbed, and two killed just yesterday in indianapolis and today again we still have sunlight going on (laughs) one shot and one stabbed so far today already today so far today wow so mindy i know you and your husband and your family you guys moved out of marion county right but you lived in marion county for a long time yes and i know you followed the news you are in this stuff can you remember a three to four-year span of violence like we're having right now. Oh, no. In fact, coming down to Annapolis was always considered very safe and fun. I mean, now it's like I was scared to death to come into the metro area very often. Now, you're not just saying that for, like, effect. Like, No. I'm, like, literally, I mean, my show on Hank FM, you know, it's I'm glad we have a parking garage because I get done at midnight. So that's when a lot of this action takes place. And now it's interesting that you say that because when you hear Ryan Mears, when you hear folks that carry the water for the Democratic Party in Indianapolis, they're going to tell you, well, crime is down compared to a year ago. Homicides are down. Mind you, last year was a record-breaking year that also featured a couple mass shootings, including a large-scale one that took place at the FedEx facility. Right. Indianapolis is still on pace to shatter 200 homicides for the third consecutive year. I don't think that's anything to celebrate. You're not supposed to set a record every year. Correct. And that's actually gross that there are cons- Oh, let's brag about the fact that we're down a little bit. That's <laughs> right. 200 <laughs> homicides should not be the norm here. Right. And listen, 
I hear a lot of crap from the folks on the left saying, well, you guys just want to lock up everybody for the rest of their lives. That's not the case at all. No. We have said from the very beginning, if you get busted with a little bit of weed, slap on the wrist, be on your way. If you get hit with a DUI, maybe you get locked up, you sober up, you pay some fines, you go through driver's ed courses, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. But if you are a violent threat to society... Right. We've got to get over this whole justice reform thing. There are some people that cannot be reformed. Well, there are and, and some people that don't want to be reformed. Yeah, and you certainly can't do it in that short amount of time. Right. I mean, it's like that, that, I mean, people go to counseling for years on end just for everyday mental health issues. And for this, when you have actual violent tendencies, you're not going to get that fixed in a year or two or less. Indy is averaging a person stabbed every 29 hours this year. Whoa. So for those who keep saying, well, it's Republicans and guns, it's you gun nuts, it's the NRA, it's Guy Relford, it's the 2A Project. No. Look at that. Indy is averaging a person stabbed every 29 hours this year. I know it's not Indy, but there was a big mass stabbing on the Las Vegas Strip Mm -hmm. yesterday. You can't stop a motivated, crazy a-hole. It's the unpopular opinion that nobody wants to say. And the other one is some people need to be locked up. I'm sorry. Like, there are people that should not be able to live the lifestyle that we live outside of bars because they're lunatics. Correct. And this brings us to another plea deal given to somebody that went out and killed somebody. And it's got Ryan Mears' name all over it, the current prosecutor here in Marion County, who's on the ballot this November. So Eric Hale was sentenced to home detention and a GPS monitoring anklet in June, but he failed to show up. Even worse, the court never notified community corrections of this. So the suspect was never put on GPS monitoring, and then three months later, murdered his girlfriend. Mm -mm. Let that sink in for just a little bit. Now, why was uh, he out? Because he got a sweetheart plea deal from Ryan Mears and the Marion County Prosecutor's Office. Now, Ryan Mears is one of these guys that will tell you gun violence is the root of all things evil in this world. All right, fine. Guess what this guy was locked up on? Gun charges. (laughs) Of course. So if you're going to be Mr. Billy Badass when it comes to gun violence, gun crimes, rabble, 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 why are you giving sweetheart deals to guys like this? And how many times are we going to have stories of just pure incompetence coming out of the prosecutor's office, whether it's spelling errors, whether it's, well, this guy was accidentally released. And in this case, the court was never notified Uh, The court never notified community corrections, and this guy went out and killed his girlfriend three months later. The guy that shot and killed the woman at the daycare center recently should have never been out. Right. We're talking about people who have killings on their records. We're talking about people who have strangulation, violent weapon felonies on their records, and they're being treated like they stole a candy bar from a gas station. And this has to stop. Yeah. And what's, I mean, the thing I don't understand is what, what does Ryan Muir say in terms of his excuse as to why this is happening? Well, from what I heard in that uh, town hall that he did about a month ago with Cindy Carrasco uh, up on the north side, the North Shadeland Alliance, he blames it all on the other judges. But if you look at the trail, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, you're the head of the snake here. It's kind of like a sports team. When a sports team struggles, 
Guess who gets fired? The guy who's in charge, whether that's the general manager, whether that's the head coach. Right. Ryan Mears, you were appointed to this position. You were not elected. You were appointed to this position after the passing of Terry Curry, and you are great at telling us what you're not going to prosecute. But when it comes to scumbags who have issues that you clearly care about, like this guy, Eric Hale, with the gun issue, you gave him a sweetheart deal. So you don't get to complain anymore about gun violence in the city mm-hmm. when your office was the one that gave this guy a sweetheart deal on a previous gun crime. Right. That's ridiculous. Uh, Mindy Winkler is our guest. Mindy, I have known you and your family probably for about 20 years, yep. right? We go back to working at WZPL together. You know, we've- Our you know, babies been, are the, we're the same age. Right. Crystal and I got pregnant at the same time. So <laughs> your like... son is one year older than mine. Um <laughs> So, you know, I remember your son, Garrett, when he was real young, and now he's up at Purdue University. What did he say about the murder that took place the other day? Well, what's crazy is he was walking back from his buddy's place um, at Wilson dorm, back to his dorm of Shreve, and saw right at that time and saw the police cars flying through. And he's like, it's really calm around here, Purdue mom. So, you know, there's something was going on. And he's, he goes, and that that moment, you know, they, they still didn't really know anything at, yet. If they sent a blast email, he has a 730 a.m. class the next morning. And he's like, yeah, we, we just wake up to this email that one of our fellow students has been stabbed to death and it's been you know as a mom you're freaking out thank goodness he was not in that same dorm right um did purdue do everything right here because they will say and i do believe they followed their protocol that they did not send out like a mass alert thing because the situation was under control they had the suspect there was no longer threats to the campus the suspect was the one that called uh 9 so that's why they didn't put out some big mass scary email blast they did send out an email though because my did son they? got one yes okay. and that's how he knew i mean he might they might but have did they send how it they to you though it? as a parent no no okay. they, so the students that's what I'm got, saying. Yeah, as the a parent got it right i kind of want to be on that list yes yes i mean i'm hearing about it um the next day i mean i'm hearing about it from facebook i had no idea this even happened my son is in class at 7 30 a.m so i literally am texting him like you need to call me as soon as you get out of class i just want to make sure you're all right um is you know do you need anything and you know Luckily, um, Garrett's pretty level-headed, and so you know he's like, "Mom, I'm fine. Don't worry about it." But yeah, this has been a pretty big shakeup. This story just, man, it rubs me the wrong way. I mean, because of a number of reasons, but I see so much similar, so many similarities between this kid that was viciously murdered and my youngest. Now, obviously, they're different ethnicities, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, but the interests are there. Like the academic contest, being the smartest kid in the room. Well, the guy was 20 years old and already a senior. Right. (laughs) Uh, And it seems like, you know, the parents had tried to do everything right. And from what we're hearing, and again, this is just, you know, scuttlebutt online, they were playing an online video game against other people. And that's when this took place. You could hear screaming on the online video game. We don't know the motive yet. I don't know if we will ever know the motive. But, man, this thing, it just it tugs at my heart because mm-hmm. this was a kid that was as bright as it gets. The future was so bright for this kid, and he's taken away for what? Yeah. Well, and I was surprised because when you first heard about this, you're thinking freshman, 
first of all, and you're thinking, okay, they were combined roommates that didn't know each other and something's happened. Not that this in any way would justify any of the violent behavior, but you're, you right. always have those psycho roommates that are out there. And you're thinking, but then you learn, no, this was a junior and a senior I'm thinking they more than likely would have known one another to be be rooming together in a dorm at that age. And then they're saying there was not provoked. Something had to have happened. You just right. walk in, start stabbing the guy. There are some times where you want the information so bad that when you don't get it, it's frustrating. Right. The Las Vegas massacre, right? I'm frustrated that the biggest mass shooting this country has seen on the most popular strip of land this country has, nobody wants to talk about it anymore. Everybody just wants to wash their hands and just say, eh, it is what it is. Yeah. No, that's not good enough. And I hope the authorities keep digging here and find out what the motivation was. Uh, Real quick, before we get to uh, Matt Baer, several uh, members of the Purdue community have set up a GoFundMe to help the uh, family. The family has said uh, they appreciate that, but they're asking anybody who wants to make a donation, do it to the Riley Children's Foundation in lieu of any donations to their family. Uh, So if you want to do that, it's the Riley Children's Foundation website, and it's the one created by Purdue sophomore Trina McAlintle. So those that want to help out and uh, maybe make a donation to pay tribute to a beautiful mind taken too soon, that's how you do it. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. When you hear this music cranking up, that can only mean one thing. By God, that's Matt Bear's music. <laughs> what is happening? The Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Mindy Winkler filling in for Big Nige. Traffic beast Matt Bear with us. What's up, brother? Rawr. Uh, no, it's a terrific day. Beautiful day in the Circle City, man. Blessed to be here. I caught a little radio voice right there. Are you going to say Rocktober yes. next? <laughs> yeah. Coming up, we got nine songs in a row. It's Rocktober, everybody. How about a little Blue Oyster Cult tonight? <laughs> with the bear. Um, the so bear. Matt's going to be there at a night with WIBC. You're going to be there, right? Damn straight, yeah. Thursday, October 27th. Um, so my question to you is, do you have a date for the evening? <laughs> no, no, actually, I just, I usually leave night with WIBC with a date. That's, that's, <laughs> you that's show up so and you yeah. leave with somebody. Yeah, you reach the David and... Lee Roth stage of your traffic I, I, career. I, I'm still in my prom days. You know? I, I, I just <laughs> I'm just can't. trying to figure out how you're still single, Matt, because you're adorable. Oh, God. So Matt so is a good-looking dude. He is. He's he's fit. He's got a great voice. He's got an adorable face. Come on. Like Kyle's, Kyle's at the stage right now, like Mega Mondo. Like, he's big, but I there's a little fat with the strong. <laughs> <laughs> with, there's a little bit of fat with the strong. Like, I don't know what the fat to strong ratio Just is. Just a little bit, okay? Zebra kicks. But with Matt Bear, it's yes. all muscle, Oh, man. yeah. He's ripped. So, it's it's called not having a life or a family. Oh. Yeah, then, you, then you can go to the gym all you want. No, man, I just like doing it. I, I, I'm blessed to we do totally it. We totally need to have a contest where somebody could win a dream date with Matt Bear yes. to a night with WIBC. <laughs> yes. Imagine being magically swept away to the White Castle, followed by <laughs> an evening of stories about road closures. I will, <laughs> I will spend money for Fazoli's first of all. <laughs> and, and secondly, nobody... I, I, I almost said something about whenever I talk, uh, road coaches, what happens to Okay, girl, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but true story, though, uh, Mindy, you were at a night with WIBC last year. Yes. Like, when Matt Bear comes out, 
the level of applause just gets ramped up yes. a little bit. He's like a it's rock the loudest star. pop in the room. Yeah, because we all need him. I mean, I literally, I literally like, what time is it? What time is it? What's going on right now in traffic? It's like I can hear Matt. I'm the useful idiot is what it comes down to. No, it's, I I think it's cool to, um, before and after we get to talk to all the people and chat with them and uh, see what makes everybody tick and just kind of put names with faces because our audience, and you say this a lot, Amber, they're so responsive. They're always talking to us. They are the best audience in radio. They're the best audience in radio. And then we actually get to go and say thank you. How cool is that? A lot of people in this industry don't have a chance to do that we get to it through the night at wybc that's why we want everybody to be there so let me ask your opinion on something here these adult themed happy meals that mcdonald's is doing <laughs> does this do anything for you i just i hear adult themed happy meals and i just wonder what's in the box because <laughs> <laughs> mondo <laughs> tkw you have been talking about these stupid adult happy meals for like a week or two since you heard they were coming out. Yeah, and I've already had two. Matter of fact, I had one before the show. Did they come with vodka or something? No vodka. <laughs> what is in the adult Happy Meals at McDonald's? So you have an option between a Big Mac or a 10-piece chicken McNugget, and then it comes with fries, a drink, and a toy. They put a toy in there. Ooh. Don't like you feel a, a little toy? ridiculous? No, no. <laughs> Mindy. Uh, I'm thinking an adult thing that comes with like uh, Metamucil or something, you know? I, right. So I didn't say when he says toy, that's actually, where my mind went. I actually have the toy right here. I'm my gonna, pants used to be in here, Mindy. Clean it up. I'm going to throw this to Hammer. Hammer, that's the toy. Oh, you got Rosie O'Donnell in the Vikings uniform. <laughs> Matt Bear, will you put this on the camera? Certainly. So okay. you got an actual toy, a Grimace toy of, it's a big plastic purple hunk of crap, and you're excited for this. Yeah, because it's nostalgia for me. Like, growing up as a kid in the 90s, McDonald's still had all the lovable characters, Grimace, Birdie, uh, sorry, the Rob Hamburglar. Kendall. Mayor McCheese was long gone by then. <laughs> but yes, he was the voted out. <laughs> they impeached Mayor McCheese. <laughs> rubble, rubble. So, they found Russian collusion on Mayor McCheese. <laughs> when McCheese I, colluding. When I saw that McDonald's was was doing this, I was like, oh, man, this is nostalgia for me because it takes me back to simpler times when You're I was a You're a grown-ass man, and you ordered a Happy Meal. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. Without kids. Nostalgia right. makes me happy. Like, you're the kind of guy we tell our kids to stay away from. Yeah, you know that real big, loud guy that doesn't wear sleeves, that's not married and doesn't have kids and got a happy meal? Maybe you don't trick-or-treat at his house. You're the guy when I was Commander KC that would creep me out, that would come to to get an autograph. Now, I do have some really cool news about McDonald's. I bet bet it's not cool at all. I really bet it's not. Like, we're trying to talk to Matt. You've totally hijacked the segment. Go ahead, Kyle. Give us the news. October 18th, McDonald's is bringing back the Halloween buckets. Remember the Halloween buckets? No. Well, uh, they look like trick or treat buckets. Yeah, they're coming back yeah. October 18th. More nostalgia. Nostalgia sells. Matthew, I love you. No, uh, yeah, I, lo- I love you too. So you buy, you can get the adult Happy Meal in a McDonald's bucket. That's essentially what we're doing here. Yes. Okay. And you're really excited about I that. I am <laughs> very excited. I'm sorry, Matt. We brought you into this. Like, 
I thought we could have like a little fun talking about the Happy Meal. Next thing you know, I got a 45-minute story from Mondo over here, and he's totally ruined this. He sucked the life right out of this room. I was so excited about adult-themed Happy Meal, too. Here Especially you go, when you hear Mindy up there just with her filth, florin, florin, filth. Let's get does over does this make you feel better? I think this would sell a lot better. Matt Barry, you are the best, my friend. I love you guys. Have a great weekend. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Seasons don't fear the reaper, nor do the wind, the sun, or the rain. I think it's awesome. The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. You rock. The Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Mindy Winkler in for Big Nige. And look at this badass American that stormed in the studio <laughs> and brought some beer. Brian Alvey with us. What's up, my friend? What is up, guys? How are you? And this is, I mean, when did Nigel get pretty? <laughs> Holy crap. You know, I, I, I usually, well, I, I want to say I usually look over and see him, but he's never here. Right. <laughs> Get a real job. <laughs> There's nothing yeah. better than when, like, guests come in and flame Nigel. Because right. like, well, knowing that he's not here to defend himself, himself is the best. Yeah, so I'd like to know the total number of days he actually worked. For a year. Well, <laughs> I don't think this grunt needs to take his shoes off to figure it out. Um, no, I, last time I looked over, it was Rob Kendall. He's cute, but he's not Mindy. Um, right. Thank you. Um, but for those who don't know, Brian Alvey is a uh, veteran of the United States military. You used to do some pretty kick-ass stuff. You would jump out of planes, do some covert operations. Covert. You were like American <laughs> badass, right? Uh, allegedly. No, uh, I think you just grossly enhanced my resume uh, <laughs> no i no i'm uh, pretty much right on you used to jump out and do that stuff like yeah. you're being honest right now but uh i think it's important to set up a uh, context of who you are and why you're here yeah i was a professional lawn dart for the united states army for a while um every jump you walked away from it was a good jump right uh, right but you know that's been a minute you know i hit my 10 year anniversary of my retirement last june do you miss any of it Oh, yeah, because, you know, I've been hitting the head a lot, so I forgot all the bad stuff. Uh, so <laughs> I remember all the good stuff. I miss my buddies. I miss hanging out. I miss doing the missions, you know, all the all the cool stuff. You forget about all the other stuff where you always say you, you bent over and got the big green weenie from the United States Army. Wow. But, you know, luckily I got out before uh, they decided to make the United States military, you know, a social experiment. Um, well, well, let's get into that, okay? Because, right. you know, we've, saw, we've seen the numbers now that – Enrollment is down by about 20,000 or so, give or take, because a lot of people don't want to get vaccinated. And this vaccine mandate still is a thing that stands with the United States military. I want to get your thoughts on it. Well, it's interesting. You know, I spent 20 years, nine months, and four days in the Army. Not that I was counting. Yeah. <laughs> There was never a time in the United States military, no matter what they were offering or anything, they were, you know, they weren't chasing recruiting numbers. Uh, they always were chasing numbers. They never were hitting their recruiting goals, and uh, because you know, it's not for everybody. It's a tough, it's a tough life. Um, but to make a decision to, hey, let's just get rid of the ones that actually want to serve. You know, that's right. beyond me. You know, well. You're afraid they might get COVID or somebody might get COVID. These are people you 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 
you pay a little bit of money um, and ask to stand and be bullet catchers, you right. know, to put their lives on the lines. But then you tell them, well, since you're not, you, according to them, you, you, you're putting your life on the line if you don't take the vax. So we got to get rid of you. So well, or you, go rescue uh, folks down in Florida. And yeah. like, by the way, you got vaccinations, it, vaccinated, so you're going to be out even though you've been serving. And it, and it affects, you know, all, well, five branches because, you know, Space Force is thing. I would come out of retirement to be a door gun on a space shuttle in the Space Force. That would be amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you've got all the branches of service to include the National Guards, which is exactly what you just talked about, Minnie. One of, the, one of their missions, other than going and fighting in war, is all the natural uh, the natural disaster responses right. you know i was part of that i was in the national guard for a good while uh, it just it makes about as much sense as hockey cleats and <laughs> <laughs> i don't understand it it's a you know it's a social experiment crap or is i just feel like it's man i want to play poker with the people that make decisions for our government because they get so pot committed on something they'll just keep throwing good money and more good money at bad money and bad deals. they'll chase that two and a seven all the way to the river and just man where do i play poker with these folks you know, right it's just it's just it's beyond me that they would kick all these people out when they're desperate for people and right. here's the thing you can't replace their experience you're gonna bring it up but let's say you let's say you could one for one it which ain't going to happen, bring in all kinds of new people. They don't know anything. And the people that are going to teach them everything are gone. It, it's just, it's insanity to me. And right. it's like, heaven forbid we get into a, another protracted long war, which we know that's coming because it's always coming. And, you know, apparently the 20-year one wasn't long enough. Right. Uh, but uh, Now, Brian, you've got a lot of family that does uh, work with the United States military. Uh, You're a veteran. I know you've got immediate family folks who have served. Well, you know my brother well. Without speaking for them, can you generalize what the thoughts are of a lot of folks right now looking at the way the military is ran? Whether it's the debacle from Afghanistan, the mandatory vaccines, Mm -hmm. it seems like it's been one disaster after another. Nothing to do with the fault of our brave men and women. It's all been a lot of the leadership. Well, I don't have any... So the ones that are out now, you know, that we have very candid conversations. My brother, who you obviously know. Right. um, My cousins, all these... You know, there's not a dissenting voice in the conversation at this point of, oh, here's where I you have to watch the cuss words. Um, <laughs> uh, Kyle, get ready with that yeah. dump button over there. Why is, why is Kyle shaking in his seat? <laughs> holding the finger over the button like, oh, no, here it comes. Um, so, but it's just, you know, and then my oldest son served and just got out last February. And, and, and he's out now. And one of the re- he's like, I'm not taking that vax. You're not going to make me take the vax. Luckily, his time of enlistment was up before the mandate happened. Mm-hmm. But, you know. My, my other son is in, you know, and, and his opinion of it is not going to be shared and uh, either way where he's pro or con just because he's in and, you know, he's a soldier and he'll do what he's told and he'll follow orders uh, like we're supposed to. And uh, but, you know, I I will freely admit to everybody I took the vax and I only took the vax because there was a good shot that I wasn't getting on Fort Benning to watch my son graduate from airborne and infantry school and all those schools. And I just wasn't missing it. I did over two decades in the military. They shot me with so much that my genitalia should glow in the dark. <laughs> so I'm like, what's How do you know that more? it doesn't? Hey, you know what? <laughs> I've checked. You know? um, I, I couldn't find my car keys, my cup of coffee. I didn't find those either. It's like um, a glow stick. you got to snap it to get it to work. If you come snapping at me like that, we have a problem, brother. Um, but I, you know, I say, whatever. They've, they've got more shit.
in me any. Oh, sorry. Oh, Kyle. <laughs> they've got more stuff in me anyway. So I was like, what's one more? I'm not taking any of the, the, the boosters and all that stuff because, you know, apparently the people that need the boosters already have had it 19 times. I've never had it. Wow. Never I think had I've it. had it three. I know I've had it officially twice. I think I've had it three times before never, it was a thing. You know, knock on wood, I'm not saying I won't get it, but I've never had it. Uh, maybe I'm just lucky. Uh, maybe it's because I proactively work to keep my immune system up, mm-hmm. you know, except when I'm drinking with hammer. <laughs> <laughs> when you're bringing <laughs> bourbon down. into this well, show see, and why, beers into like, this show. I figured this stuff hey, was killing it. Yeah, Apparently you, not. <laughs> real quick. I brought the, so I always bring beverages. You guys know I always bring beverages. I Correct. brought beer this time, which is out of the norm, because I usually bring bourbon and whiskey, because that's my thing. But I brought some chili water. You uh, knew I was going to be here, because I'm a beer girl, I so know. thank you. I'm a giver. It's what I do. <laughs> Feel for you, my friend. So I reached out to my buddies that own chili water. They're awesome guys. I told them, hey, I'm going on, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, all right, we got some beer for you. So this was complimentary of them. They're awesome. They've been, you know, I've drank a lot of chili water on our Warrior 110 road marches uh, every year, because uh, Christina from Hoagies and Hops, who partners with Friend of the water. show. We've oh, had her on before. She's awesome. One of my best friends. I love her to death. Uh, she always, at least one day, she comes out and brings us lunch, brings us hoagies oh. in the middle of nowhere. She always brings us to the middle of nowhere place where we're nowhere near restaurants, <laughs> and she always brings us chilly water beer, so we suck those sandwiches down, pour <laughs> the beer down our throats, and uh, we feel much better about it. Now, so. the Warrior 110, this is a cause that's very near and dear to your heart. Um, for those who have listened to the show for a number of years, uh, they know you do this event because it raises money for some veterans that need a little help. Well, awareness and money. Uh, pre- predominantly awareness. Um it's, it's so we, we try to bring awareness and, and raise funds to help uh, combat veterans struggling with post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injuries, which is, as we know, the, the leading contributors to the epidemic that is veteran suicide of 22 veterans a day still on average. Committing That's a staggering number. It's amazing. And when does it end? Everybody's like, well, when do you think it'll end? I'm like, I don't know when we run out. Um, who knows? Uh, but. I don't have the answers. That's not what I do. What I do is I put myself in horrible situations to make a complete idiot of myself and a you know doing crazy things to help keep the the conversation going. We're we're so people are still talking about it. People are still pushing the issue. We're smarter people with the alphabets behind their names and stuff. The doctors continue to continue to still work on it. So that's what we do. Um, my partner in crime on that, Darren, uh, has been doing it with me for the last three years. We're getting ready to embark on it again on November 8th, finishing up on November 12th. We're changing things up this year. A little bit. We're not starting in New Albany this year. We're starting in Jeffersonville, right there by the walking bridge. Okay. Um, Because we may or may not start on the Kentucky side. I don't think they really, I think they frown on organized things going across that bridge, but Darren and I. I heard nothing. You know. We'll keep it quiet. It's just—it's like when Matt Bear walks in here when we're doing something inappropriate. You didn't see anything. You didn't hear anything. (laughs) Nothing. I cannot confirm or deny anything at this time. Is my job to (laughs) acquire information, not disseminate. But you guys basically just walk, like you hike. You know, we carry the forty-five pound rucksacks on our backs, and uh, we we we, we're going to head straight up thirty-one. and we've, we're still going to stop at the Mint like we always do. But this time, our last stretch, our last day, we're going to go from the Mint to Greenwood. We're going to take it a little bit further north. Okay. Uh, wow. So uh, the destination, we've got a tentative destination. We haven't confirmed it yet where our finishing point is. Uh, but I'm 99% sure we have it, so I'm going to put it out. So if you want to follow us on our Facebook page and on our website, uh, we will put all that information out. We always encourage everybody to come out and walk 
walk with us the last day. It's about 10 or 12 miles. I tell some of these guys, oh, I can't do that anymore. Your wife drags you further around the mall. <laughs> than 10. You get, get your butts out there and walk with us a little bit because we finish it by doing what? Drinking a lot of beer and bourbon and having a proper a celebration. We, we right. turn it into a party. So uh, it's it's always a fun event. Um, you guys get to make fun of me while I'm limping up the road. And uh, and it, it's for a good cause. We're raising awareness and funds. You know, we send a, a lot of combat vets that are struggling with this to different, or, you know, the Brian Bill Foundation down in Florida. That's Warner's awesome. Art in Texas, and you know, we raised a bunch of money. When for do you guys bath. start this? When does it start? November eighth. All right. So 12th. here's what I want to do. Like before you guys officially start and head down to what may or may not be uh, the southern parts of Indiana and other areas, um, come on the show again yep. and lay out the track, and uh, we'll, it. we'll hype it up again. Okay. That works for me. Brian Alvey, you're the man. Thank Love you. you. guys. Good Thank Americans. You. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Kyle, hit me with some Halloween stuff. Pumpkins, candy, costumes, Halloween stuff. All right. So, Mindy, did you ever see the movie Hocus Pocus? I have to admit I have only seen bits and pieces. It's never been, like, something I watch. I think it's more of a chick thing. See, I, I, I'm just not. I'm a chick, and I just don't. I'm not interested. <laughs> Sorry. I'd rather watch old, you know, super horror films than that. Kyle, just put the camera on Mindy because this other one's broken. <laughs> pointing straight down. Right. Just make it a one shot. I mean, let's give the people what they want anyway. Like, and now, here's way, the Mindy solo cam. What is your... My shirt says we are Indiana. Yeah, somebody was asking on the YouTube chat what your shirt says. <laughs> sure, that's what they were uh, wondering. I'm... <laughs> we are Indiana. It's an IU shirt. Yes. Um, so we'll fix this other camera later. <laughs> but Mondo, did you ever watch Hocus Pocus? I saw the original one, but I don't really have any interest in seeing the, the second one. I don't have any interest in seeing either one of them. Same. Uh, Is it the same ladies that are going to be in it Bette again? Bette Midler yep. oh. and Sarah Jessica Oh, they're Jessica right there. Parker. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm out too. 100% out. You still out. love her. Can't stand her now. So. So, in regards to the second one that's out, Dateline, Texas, a Texas woman is ticked off that there's a sequel to Hocus Pocus because this woman feels like demons will be drummed up from the fake witches and actresses in the show. Shut up. So, we're going to play you the uh, the clip from W... I'm sorry, KWTX in Troy, Texas. Now, as a bonus, and you can't even make this stuff up... The woman's last name is Gooch. A local mom is causing some controversy on social media after coming out against Hocus Pocus 2. The mother who got emotional over her concerns for other families and the media they're consuming. A worst case scenario is you unleash hell on your kids and in your home. Jamie Gooch is a mother of three. I love everything to do with house and home. This time of year, fall harvest is heavily celebrated in their household, but Halloween is not. It grieves me, the thought of exposing our kids to darkness. Gooch says there's a spiritual war being waged against homes in America, and right now, one film in particular. The whole movie is based on witches harvesting children. In a recent Facebook post, Gooch advises moms against letting their kids watch Hocus Pocus 2. I believe whatever comes in our TV screens, there are things attached to that. <laughs> I've seen for myself the things that I've watched with my eyes or heard over a TV screen, they become manifested in, in real life. Everybody thinks it's fake and innocent, 
but they could be casting any type of spell that they want to. Anything could be coming through that TV screen into your home. We have to steal their souls. She says most of the feedback has been positive. She knows her opinion isn't for everyone, and that's okay. She says it's healthy to stir up conversations, just not cauldrons. How do you respond to people who are going to say, you're crazy? And then the post was not for you. If you, you're watching this, just start thinking. Start thinking for yourself, and even overthink, and consider all the options of what you're partaking in. In Troy, Rissa Shaw, News 10. Her vote counts the same as mine. Uh, <laughs> it's the That's Hammer the scary part. and Nigel show. <laughs> Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! It is the Hammer and Nigel show. I'm Jason Hammer. Mindy Winkler filling in for Big Nige. And let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Tommy Piggott, Rapid Response Director for the RNC. Tommy, the jobs report came out earlier today, and it showed the U.S. with a modest decrease in hiring last month with employers adding 263,000 jobs. That's a little bit under what was expected. The unemployment rate dipped to 3.5%. But the real story here is that job creation slowing for the second month in a row and inflation still continues to outpace the wages. Uh, that's exactly right. I mean, the reason why this was even close to expectations is because economists are expecting a recession because we're in a recession. Uh, so we're seeing that slowdown in job creation. And this was actually the worst jobs report in terms of the number of jobs created uh, the entire year. Uh, and while jobs are slowing down, while nominal wage growth is slowing down, what hasn't been is what you just mentioned, inflation. Inflation is actually accelerating. So what that means for you know everyday Americans is that you know, less Americans are being hired and all of our paychecks are going down. And that's directly a result of Biden's policies. So when you see the Biden administration and Joe Biden did this earlier himself, get up there and do a victory lap on these numbers. Look at all these jobs and the unemployment rate is down to 3.5 percent. What does this mean to the average person listening to this radio show here in Indianapolis? Well, what it means is that Biden doesn't care about you be perfectly frank. I mean, he's up there lying, saying that workers have gained under his administration, saying that workers and Americans have seen their wages increase. That's a flat out lie. Real wages have decreased year over year every single month since Biden passed his $1.9 trillion stimulus. That's just a fact. So when he goes out there and claims success on this economy, it's a slap in the face the millions of Americans that can't afford food, the millions of Americans that can't afford electricity, the millions of Americans that can't afford gas. He's basically going up there and saying, I don't care about you. I'm looking after my friends, the bureaucrats in the big government swamp and the rest of America be darned because they're last on his priority list. Well, and that's the thing, too, is I and this is I've got some friends that they have been part of the increase in you know minimum wage or whatever and they think well i'm making so much more money and you have to explain to them basic economics no you're really not (laughs) because of inflation you're making less than what you were making before and a lot of he's able to snowball some of those folks with those statements and it's embarrassing well i I think it's it's very embarrassing for joe biden to go up there and i think Luckily, most Americans actually, when they go to the grocery store, see the fact that their paycheck's not going as far. Uh, according to recent polling, you have something like 60% of Americans saying their finances are actually getting worse. You have a similar number of Americans saying that they're, they're either forced to cut back on meals or they're skipping meals altogether. So Americans are actually feeling this pinch 
very acutely, and that's why most Americans say this economy is terrible. So that's the reality. That's the most important indicator that we're in a recession, that the American people are getting poorer by the day. So Biden can go out there and try to waste our money, raise our taxes, send the IRS after us, all while making us poor. And I think the American people see that reality. They're going to reject that reality in November, and we'll find them to get some common sense back into Washington, D.C. Tommy Piggott, the Rapid Response Director for the RNC, with us here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Tommy, the bit of information that came out today that really stands out to me is the shrinking labor participation rate. Because there was this expectation that once everybody stopped you know, taking these Biden bucks, the bailout money that everybody received, that people would start going back to work in droves. That hasn't been the case. Well, I think it also indicates that we're not actually seeing the robust hiring that Biden's been claiming for all along, that there's been a lot of smoke and mirrors with these numbers. I think it indicates that this economy is just not working for a lot of Americans, that a lot of Americans don't feel like this economy is actually giving them the opportunities that Americans deserve. And that declining labor force participation rate is incredibly concerning, especially as job uh, creation slows down. And the fact that Americans aren't producing as much as an economy. So we're not producing as much. Biden's wasting more of our money. All of that's inflationary. Uh, and, and, and those indications of inflation, especially as real wages go, uh, go down, mean that workers are paying the price for this. So it, it really kind of shows that this economy is not working for most Americans when you have the labor force participation rate going down. You have nominal wage growth slowing down. You have inflation surging. That's kind of a triple whammy towards the average American and meaning that there's more pain down the road for American families. Tommy, something Mindy talked about earlier was there are a lot of people that say, well, I got to raise this year. This is going to help offset some of this inflation going on. If you compare this year to just last year, both, you know, 365 days a year, both dates, all under the Biden administration, how much, like what percentage are real wages down compared to a year ago? Real wages are down something like 3% uh, from a year ago. So that's a 3% pay cut year over to year, basically. Yes, exactly. And that's actually, for, for context, that's the largest pay cut workers have gotten in 40 years. That's how fast wages, real wages are declining. That pay cut is really a historic, at a historic high, a 40-year high in terms of decreasing workers' wages. Um, and I, I think if you look at the polling, a lot of workers actually say, the majority of workers say, that their pay is not keeping up with inflation. Uh, and that reflects the facts in the data. So again, Joe Biden goes up there and says, wages are increasing. He actually said that today, that wages are increasing. That's a flat-out lie, because real wages are actually decreasing at their fastest rate in 40 years. And one of the other things that takes place when you get a lackluster jobs report like the one that came out today are the other things that happen as a result. We've seen the market just take a nosedive today. And on top of that, we're now expecting the feds to uh, play with the interest rates once again. Well, I think that's part of the problem with the decreasing labor participation rate. You see a lot of these indicators mean that the Fed actually has to raise rates again to combat inflation. It's this rock in a hard place that Joe Biden has put us into, where our two options seem to be raging inflation or a continuing recession. That's what Joe Biden has done to our economy. And I think to put that stock market number in perspective, the stock market has lost something like $7.6 trillion in market value since Joe Biden has taken office. And that affects everybody. That affects people with 401ks. That affects people with savings. The average American actually has $11,000 less in savings today than a year ago. Uh, and if you look at also people that are retired currently on a fixed income, you see a lot of Americans that were going to retire soon. 
Most Americans are saying they're postponing their retirement, and seniors, millions of seniors, are being forced to re-enter the workforce. So the stock market decline has a huge impact on the savings of Americans, the retirement of Americans, really the financial well-being of American families. Tommy, last thing here before we let you go. What does this mean for the midterm elections uh, coming up? We're just about 30 days away, a little bit less than 30 days. Um, What is this going to mean for midterm elections? Because it feels like the economy is the story. I think it's subject one, two, and three, and then everything else falls in behind it. Uh, What is the polling and what is your research telling you about some of these key swing states and the economy? Well, recent polling shows that the economy is by far, like you just mentioned, the most important issue to voters. And what it shows when you go a step down is that voters trust Republicans by huge uh, leaps and bounds more than Democrats. It's not even close. I think what that indicates is that voters see, for one, Republican-led states leading in job creation. And on the second hand, they see Democrat policies failing from Washington, D.C. and failing in Democrat-led states. So voters are rightly saying, I got to vote for some Republican common sense. I got to get Republicans in there in Washington, D.C. So I think voters are then to come out and reject really this Biden agenda that has failed completely and utterly and that's been aided and abetted by Senate and House Democrats. And they don't even want to change course, Senate and House Democrats. They want to waste more of our money, which means more inflation. So I think voters are rightly looking at this and saying, this economy isn't working for me. I got to elect Republicans. And I got to say anecdotally, around the country at mobilization events we're hosting, hosting at gas stations and other places around the country, voters are saying, I can't afford the Biden economy. I got to stop this. And they're going to vote Republican because of that. Tommy Piggott is the Rapid Response Director for the Republican National Committee. Tommy, thank you so much for joining us here in Indianapolis. Hey, thanks for having me. Emma and Nigel presents is it depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? I'm Jason Hammer. Mindy Winkler is in for Big Nige. Mindy, are you familiar with how we play Is This Anything? Absolutely, I am. I'm going to run these stories by you. You be the jury. Okay. You be the judge. If you need to be the executioner, go ahead and do that, too. Let's rock and roll. Okay. Is this anything? A middle school French teacher from North Carolina has been suspended after being caught on video smoking cigs in the classroom. (laughs) Here's a student and a parent talking about the behavior coming from the teacher. I did smell a scent of cigarette smell, so I wasn't sure what to think about it at the time. He flicked a cigarette at another student who sat right behind me, which immediately alerting it. Wow, and it's still wow. It's brazen. After hearing about it and actually seeing it and just the nonchalance of it all was pretty bold. I was at school at the moment, so I was able to show one of the administrators they could handle my teacher. Is this anything? Yes. Brazen is the exact term that came to my mind. <laughs> and of course it had to be a French teacher, right? Like, isn't that uh-huh. the stereotype? <laughs> right. Smoking a really long, thin cigarette. Corinne Jean-Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a beret. Like, all the characters that you could think of. Correct. <laughs> Drinking a warm beer with hairy armpits. <laughs> like, in my mind, all the stereotypes were right there for the story. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Next, they're going to have a shot, have shot glasses lined up. <laughs> oh, just filled with wine, too. Just... <laughs> we're drinking wine and we're smoking these cigs. Okay, that was very Russian. That was a little French. Russian. 
It was a little Middle Eastern, too. That's the best I can do. Sorry. I took French at Ball State, like, because you had to take a foreign language for a communications degree, even oh, though I you didn't, didn't take one? want it. Uh, well, you're way older than I am. Hey, hey now. <laughs> but I, if it we makes you feel any better. I was at Ball State. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I didn't learn anything, so there you go. Is this anything? A Florida man is charged with multiple felonies after running from police and using his toddler as a human shield. What? Now, thankfully, the child was not harmed during this altercation. But uh, here's the moment that the police approached this guy and he put his baby up and he knew they were going to tase him. (gasps) And he put his baby up thinking they wouldn't tase him. But luckily, the police got a happy ending here. Put the baby down. Put the kid down. Stop, dude. And again, kid is okay. Bad guys in custody. Is this anything? That's gross is what that is. I mean, what if the, if the so I'm assuming that one of the police officers grabbed the child before they tased him. Because if he could have fallen to the ground, that baby's going with him. Right. What, what, who does that? Who, who puts their child in harm's way? Florida you know? man, that's who. <laughs> Clearly. Um, I mean, you, you, your job is to protect your child. That's be the, you know, that'd be the first thing you'd like, you know, okay, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own up to this and to protect my kid first. Whoa, that's, that's gross. You ever been tased before? No, and I really don't want to be, so don't even go there. Like, you ever got drunk and said, hey, buddy's got a taser, light me up. No, that is a dumb thing you guys do. We girls don't do that kind of thing. So here in the hallways of MS Communications, (laughs) back when they were still our owners, uh, we had a part-time kid named Tanner, and I love Tanner. Tanner's doing awesome things down in Nashville now, uh, but uh, he had a taser. And I was like, dude, like, let's go. And, like, he tased me. You literally did this. Well, he just tased me in the leg. It wasn't like, you know, he got me in the forehead like the hangover (laughs) Ride the lightning. (laughs) So it matters where it's at. I didn't, I thought it just like electrocuted your whole body regardless or something. I mean, it was just a little, it was like one of those ones that like just puts a little shock into you. Okay. So it got a little shock, you know, burn a few leg hairs off, (laughs) but that's all. Like I didn't do the like hardcore one, like where there's things attached to it and it's, ah! (laughs) we didn't do that. I'm kind of impressed right now, actually, though. A little turned on, aren't you? I know. You're welcome. (laughs) Is this anything? A Milwaukee couple has had the SWAT team called on them half a dozen times in the last two years. Patrick Tomlinson and Nikki Robinson say it's because Tomlinson shared political views that upset people in the neighborhood, and he posted that he didn't think Norm McDonald was funny multiple <laughs> years ago, and the townspeople turned on him, so now they call the SWAT team every time they think there's something shady going on. Here they are talking about what the heck is going on out there. Last time they came in here with a ballistic shield, full body armor, assault rifles. I mean, that's not something that I can defend against. Back in September of 2018, I tweeted that I'd never personally found Norm Macdonald to be funny. It's a way to try and trick the police into being your executioners. 
First of all, I think you should be locked up in federal prison if you don't think Norm Macdonald is funny, but <laughs> right. that's just me. Is this anything? What a waste of police resources, first of all. And I'm, I'm next I'm expecting, how come that this hasn't happened to you and Crystal yet? <laughs> <laughs> the neighbors, the SWAT teams come barreling through there like right. Clark Griswold's house right. when he kidnaps his boss. Exactly. <laughs> okay, this was a weekly thing over there at the Hammerhold household. So. Uh, listen, I love Norm Macdonald. I think Norm Macdonald was a comedic genius, the late, great Norm MacDonald. So what we're going to do right now is a little montage of Norm MacDonald bashing O.J. Simpson. In his book, O.J. Simpson says that he would have taken a bullet or stood in front of a train for Nicole. Man, I'm going to tell you, that is some bad luck when the one guy who would have died for you kills you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, O.J. Simpson's lawyers stopped feuding this week, finally. The Dream Team, F. Lee Bailey and Robert Shapiro, were able to put aside their differences and express their admiration for each other after O.J. threatened to cut their heads off. <laughs> wow! It was revealed this week that defense lawyer Johnny Cochran once abused his first wife. In his defense, Cochran said, Hey, at least I didn't kill her like some people I know. <laughs> Testimony during the final week provided some spell-binding moments. In a brilliant move during closing arguments, Simpson attorney Johnny Cochran put on the knit cap prosecutors say O.J. wore the night he committed the murders. Although O.J. may have heard his case when he suddenly blurted out, Hey, hey, easy with that. That's my lucky stabbing hat. (laughs) (laughs) That's my lucky stabbing hat. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Breaking news from the Washington Post. They're reporting that federal agents investigating Hunter Biden say they have gathered, quote, sufficient evidence to charge him with tax and gun purchase crimes. That's MSNBC breaking the news about Hunter Biden staring at some possible charges. I'm Jason Hammer, Mindy Winkler filling in for Big Nige. Let's be honest, though, Mindy, even though, you know, that's a pretty big headline and it looks like there could be some charges coming Hunter's way. What's more likely? IU football beats Michigan by 50 tomorrow (laughs) or Hunter Biden steps one foot in a jail cell? What's Uh, more likely? IU beating Michigan. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, a lot of people are getting excited. Oh, finally, all the evidence is there. It's about time the FBI and the Department of Justice did their job. Listen, anytime you hype yourself up for something and anytime somebody says that this is, you know, a bombshell, guess what? It never really is. Nothing right. ever lives lives up to it. Russian collusion, bombshell. Bobolinsky, <laughs> bombshell. Washington Post, bombshell. Pump the brakes just a little bit. Now, should he be locked up? And will he be locked up? Two separate things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Two totally different things here. Uh, but Devlin Barrett, he's the national security reporter for the Washington Post who had this story. He talked about what's going on here. Right. So this investigation was opened in 2018. It's been going on a long time. And it's been supervised uh, since the Biden administration began by a holdover U.S. attorney from the Trump administration in Delaware. And what we're told is that agents believe and have believed for a number of months that they have a chargeable case against Hunter Biden. But it's important to remember, charging decisions are not made by agents. Charging decisions are made by prosecutors at the Justice Department. 
So that's really the crux of what's going on here. They've had this stuff since 2018. I think the entire American public can see the information that they're talking about here. Uh, but it comes down to tax issues and the gun situation for Hunter Biden. Well, right. On, on the tax question, it's we don't know a lot of the specifics, but we know it's on the on the sort of general problem of allegedly failing to report significant amounts of income. And on the gun issue, it's a little more complicated in that when a person buys a gun, they fill out a, a from a licensed dealer, they fill out some paperwork and they have to say a number of things and they have to be truthful in those statements. And the allegation or concern is that in 2018, when Hunter Biden bought a gun, he said he did not have a substance problem and was not addicted to, to drugs. When, in fact, in his own autobiography, he writes that he was using drugs quite significantly in that time period. And he has since said he's gotten clean and, and, and beaten that addiction. OK, so a couple things here, Mindy. <laughs> this is how arrogant Hunter Biden was, is. This is how he thinks that he's above everything else. Right. This idiot knows what he did, and he's so cocky and brazen, he puts it in his own autobiography. He busts himself. <laughs> he outs himself. <laughs> Only idiots do that, right? <laughs> yes. Now, with Joe Biden, with the big guy, if you're going to be this anti-gun guy, and we kind of talked about this earlier with Ryan Mears, the story out today that uh, this scumbag that got out from a sweetheart deal that murdered his girlfriend, you know, this was a guy that was busted on a gun charge from Ryan Mears a little while back. If you're going to be Mr. I want to be tough on guns, We've got to pass gun legislation. If you're the anti-gun guy, what are you going to do with Hunter Biden right here? Right. You've got all the chance in the world to set the tone, to set an example, to say, it doesn't matter if you're my own son or if you're Donald Trump Jr., this is what we're going to do with guns. What are the chances he does anything at all? Oh, he's going to come up with some excuse is what it's going to be. Or will he even address it? Yeah, well, he, he doesn't even know what's going on. So right. Of course he can't. <laughs> I guess the proper question, does he know what's going on? Right. Um, lastly, um, in regards to the laptop from hell, that was at the center of the New York Post story that caused a lot of issues and questions with big tech around the election time. Here's the latest with that. So it's really unclear. We can't tell at this point how important or unimportant the laptop has been to the in, to the, this federal investigation. Just to back up, you know, for folks who don't remember, there there was a lot of to do just before the 2020 election that a laptop that Hunter Biden supposedly dropped off at a repair shop in Delaware had been turned over to the FBI, and Republicans made a great deal of hay over what they said were you know, uh, data on the laptop that showed bad dealings by Hunter Biden. Um, that's been the subject of a lot of political debate. And we know that the FBI has looked at that data. What we don't know yet is how important they think that data is to this case. And the cherry on top of the Sunday here, Mindy, is watching MSNBC, CNN kind of squirm a little bit because for so long they looked at the Republicans, you know, oh, you just guys, you have a witch hunt after Hunter Biden. We're going to take your word. This is a witch hunt. You've right. got against Hunter Biden. They trotted him out there to Jimmy Kimmel for some interview when his book came out, and Jimmy Kimmel did everything except for lay him down and rub his thighs. <laughs> 
and now watching them squirm a little bit, knowing that Hunter might be facing some charges is beautiful. So I said alleged crimes a second ago. Let me be abundantly clear. This is from the reporting. It's sufficient evidence to charge him with tax crimes and a false statement related to a gun purchase. They're not even alleging crimes yet officially. So I want to be clear about that. Do you think they'd say that same thing if this were Donald Trump Jr.? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it was, just, it, was, it, was be, it would be full on. This is what's happening. It's allegedly is not even part of it. Prison is imminent. <laughs> Federal pound me Throw in the, away the key. <laughs> imminent. <laughs> so listen, here at the Hammer and Nigel Show, we're very fortunate enough to have a record label. We've pumped out a ton of number one hits, Mindy. Yes. But one of my favorites over the years, uh, I think is appropriate for the situation going on with Hunter Biden right now. Who you trying to mess with, Esse? Don't you know who my daddy is? That Hunter Biden was trading on his father's office to make 50 grand a month from the Ukrainians. In October, he admitted it. Son of Joe Biden and boy, it's tough. I put the crack in the pipe and smoke it up for life. <laughs> Every day I'm freaking, laptop freaking, pictures of me on a cocaine vendor. Quick pro Joe got me working in the Ukraine gas company directing. The only thing I know about gas, you can hop it. Now I got 50k a month in my pocket. For the directors, Burisma, I'm smashing. My dead brother's widow impregnated a stripper. But nothing crack cocaine when you're rich. Oh, here we go. In the Ukraine, cocaine in the Ukraine. Cocaine in Ukraine. Cocaine in the Ukraine. Cocaine straight to the brain. <laughs> Cocaine in the Ukraine. Cocaine in Ukraine. Cocaine in the Ukraine. Cocaine straight to the brain. And save 10% for the big guy while you're at it. <laughs> uh, quick update here. Night with WIBC. Tickets are going fast. The update as of this morning and I'm sure this number has probably changed since this morning, is less than 75 tickets remain for a night with WIBC. So I know a lot of you folks got paid today, so if you're waiting to buy your tickets, you need to act quickly. And you're again, not going to want to miss this. I went last year, and it was an absolute blast. My abs hurt for three days from laughing so hard. <laughs> I mean, so, so it's amazing, and I'm so glad we have, you guys have a bigger venue to do it in. And the crowd is so into it. Like yes. They're spirited, right? Yes. It's... Uh, it's so fun, man. You guys are going to have a good time at this. We work really hard to put on a hell of a show for you guys. And uh, it's coming Thursday, October 27th, thanks to our friends at Relay Indiana. Such a great partner with WIBC. They've done so much for us, and more importantly, so much for the community over the last couple of years. Uh, but yes, earlier today, less than 75 tickets left. So go to Ticketmaster.com, search for WIBC. You can buy your tickets that way we've also got the link posted and pinned to the top of the hammer and nigel show facebook and twitter we want to see you guys there be loud be rowdy let's have ourselves a day now we were having a conversation off the air and i don't know how it started <laughs> but mondo and mindy were really talking about this jeffrey dahmer series Mindy, yes. you watched this thing, right? I just finished it over the weekend, yeah. And Kyle, you've talked about the Dahmer series. What was your takeaway? Still brutal. I mean, it was very, uh, gave you a behind the scenes 
of stuff that we really didn't know. I mean, we knew yeah. that we knew that Dahmer killed guys and then ate them, ate them but <laughs> so, but yeah. it really showed us a lot of uh, what led to that. Yes. Without spoiling it, you kind of get a behind the scenes of why Dahmer became the monster that he that he was. I mean, not to justify in any way his behavior, but you kind of you feel sorry for him a little bit. Just, just a listen. little, hold just on, a little, on, little bit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. In no way, and I have not seen this, so maybe this is a hyperbole from me. There's not one point, though, I'm going to feel sorry for Jeffrey Dahmer. There, there's a part that you will. In I mean, it's like it's no like, especially when you have see. Have you him, met me? I'm, you don't feel sorry for anybody. So Thank you. <laughs> in the show, I'm going to start with Jeffrey I, Dahmer. I guess, okay, let me let me rephrase. I felt sorry for him as a little kid. When you see how his mom literally just abandons him, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this little boy! I just want to hug him." And so then, now again, doesn't doesn't justify. And that's Jeffrey the, Dahmer the you're adult, talking about. The adult he becomes. It's no. a little ounce, but then you remember all the yes. horrible things that he did, correct. and you're like, "I'm glad he's dead." Yes, that, <laughs> correct. I mean, it's and I mean, he got what was coming to him for sure. I mean, he was begging for it. He said, "Bring the electric chair back for me. I should be killed." Yeah. What's and, crazy is like again, this has been a Hot topic, you know. Everybody's been talking about this. The memes are going viral about the the series. The same thing happened with like the Night Stalker series mm-hmm. when that came out. We are a country, and maybe we don't want to admit it. We are fascinated with serial killers and death. Well, look at Dexter. How many seasons did yeah. that show go? I loved that show. I love Dexter. I think. I think. I mean, it's it's because I mean, we we were trying to understand where does it come from. What 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 what? Like going? these crime podcasts yes. are a big deal yes. too, like the Murder Sheet podcast and things like that. Well, yes. we live in a, a city where murder is okay. So I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> I guess the fascination of murder is really hot right now no matter where you look i mean there's murder going on out here murder on your tv there's murder everywhere yeah so well we were talking about that and i love angela lansbury murder she wrote <laughs> of course you do um, we were talking about the actor i'm a huge fan evan of Peters. evan yes because he's uh, we love american horror story my husband bob and i do and um, I said, I hope he's getting some counseling Yeah. because some of the scenes in this are definitely going to affect him. And look what happened with Heath Ledger. I was going to say, when you become a method actor, when you're portraying somebody that was just so beyond evil. And that was real. This isn't a fictional character. Yeah, this the, is real. The Joker wasn't real. And that Correct. Heath, Heath Ledger killed himself because of that role. Yes. I definitely hope Evan Peters is protecting his mental health Yes, and wins all the awards oh, he absolutely should. for this portrayal of yes. Jeffrey Dahmer. I'll get around to watching it, but there's too much football right now. I can't watch a series that drops during football season, whether it's Cobra Kai, whether it's Jeffrey Dahmer, whether it's a new season of the Golden Girls. Football's I don't care. On Friday night? High or school football games on Saturday Friday night. Morning. I got two kids in high school, Mindy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Mine are, mine are older. <laughs> <laughs> the Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show on 93 WIBC. Hammer here. Mindy Winkler in for Big Nige. So this song that you're hearing in the background, this is Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. This song's probably over, what, 20, 25 years old now. Oh, over that. Yeah, I was in high school, and I've had my 30-year reunion, so. So this is like the signature song, I think, of Tracy Chapman. Yeah, yeah. 
So I'm going to play you a, a cover of this, Mindy. Uh, Mindy, you still do stuff for Hank? Yes, I'm on 7 to midnight, Sunday to Thursday. Okay. So as a country music host, tell me if this cover by Luke Combs doing Fast Car does anything for you. Now I remember when we were driving, driving in your car. Speeds are fast, I feel like I was drunk. Sitting lights lay out before us, and your arm felt nice right around my shoulder and I, I. I like it. I had a feeling that I I, had a feeling I could be someone, be someone, be someone. That work for you? Yeah, of course I love me some Luke Combs. <laughs> it's <laughs> easy. So. so do you like like the young bro country, as it's called? I'm not saying Luke Combs is bro country, <laughs> but like... You know, Florida Georgia Line, Luke Bryan, do you like that genre of country better? Because if I'm going country, I'm going Alabama, I'm going Dixieland Delight, I'm going that level of country. Well, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm from Anderson, and I grew up a hip-hop girl, so I did not even like country. Well, right. Up, like, so. I'm Mr. 90s hip-hop, so, yeah. but if you have to go country. I will go today's country. Because that's what kind of got me into country. I, I I love me some Johnny Cash. I can still cannot do like Conway Twitty, um, the Merle Haggard. Right. And I'm like, so like, I'm like I I love more of the newer stuff. Well, I got a I... treat for you. Oh, joining us in studio, fan favorite country music artist Luke Bryan Shut is up! here. What? So I'm gonna let you, Mindy Winkler, <gasps> interview Luke Bryan. Oh my goodness. Okay. Luke Bryan, what are you doing here? I'm Luke Bryan. <laughs> and Mindy, there's only one Luke in country, and it ain't Combs. It's Luke Bryan. <laughs> you were first. I will give you that, Luke. And I, and I you're much more energetic on stage. <laughs> I'm Luke Bryan, and I like to move my lower body all over the place <laughs> when I'm on stage. And Mindy, I'll shake it for you. <laughs> I'm Luke Bryan. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. <laughs> Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Oh man, we have got a big hour lined up for you. Coming up here in just a couple of minutes, Abdul's going to come in here and I'm going to pick his brain on some of these polling numbers that he's released from his indie politics outlet. We've got uh, the coach, Dan Dockage. And, of course, we're going to talk about whatever the hell that was last night between the Colts and the Broncos and uh, maybe chat a little IU-Michigan tomorrow, big game down in Bloomington. You're going to that game. I am, and I wore IU just for the coach. Now, you went to Ball State like I did, right? Correct. All three of us are Ball Staters in this room. Chirp, chirp. Chirp, chirp wasn't a thing when when I was there anyway. Right, but I've totally adopted that. I have, too. I love it. And the fact that the new president doesn't like it makes me want to say it. What? So the new president wants to stick this we fly slogan oh, down our throats. So stupid. No, no. no it's, I it's hate chirp, that. chirp for life. Correct. Chirp, chirp for life. Yeah. I'm with you guys on that. And then, of course, we kick off the weekend with Beer Sample Friday. Uh, man, we get a loaded hour. But first, let's check in with some of these numbers. Uh, the jobs report is out in the U.S. economy in September. Added 263,000 jobs, which is less than what was expected. Economists were expecting 275,000. The unemployment rate fell to 3.5%. The expectation was 3.7%. But still, the big story in any jobs report right now is, are the wages keeping up with inflation? And the answer is no. Right. So when you look at what's happening now compared to just a year ago, most people have seen a 3% pay cut. 
yes. pay cut. And that's not counting what they've lost in savings and 401k and all that as well. Right. Uh, year over year, wage growth has been a negative every month since Joe Biden passed a $1.9 trillion stimulus back in March of 2021. Here is economist Tyler Goodspeed. I think it's important to remember that real wages have been declining. And if you look at the employment cost index, that's actually about 6% below pre-pandemic trend on a real basis. And so that incentivizes a lot of labor hoarding on the part of employers. And we saw a similar dynamic in the 1970s. And listen, I'm not just sitting here trying to blow smoke up your backside. I see it when I go to the grocery store. Oh, absolutely. Like $200, $250 at the grocery store doesn't get me as much as it got a year ago. And it's not even close. Right. Well, and my husband and I have rental properties and I just saw it. It was like a big slap in the face with the interest rate that jumped up on our home equity line of credit. Um we're now basically three of our rental properties we're not making any money on. And it was like, whoa. So, and that's all due to this wonderful inflation we're dealing with. And earlier today, Joe Biden, hair sniff McGee, he <laughs> shuffled out there. He squinted. He opened his mouth. He looked in the teleprompter and he was doing a victory lap. Wage growth for workers remains solid, down from historic high pace months ago, but still growing for workers who deserve a raise. That's factually incorrect. Yeah. That is factually incorrect. Real wages are declining. Play that again one more time, Kyle. This is just a flat-out lie. There's no other way to put it. Wage growth for workers remains solid, down from historic high pace months ago, but still growing for workers who deserve a raise. Year to year, there's a 3% drop in real wages as a result. Anything else is window dressing here. And you knew it couldn't be a Joe Biden speech if he didn't do something stupid. So I want you to count the words here, okay? Because <laughs> Joe Biden says he's got two words. Take a listen. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. <laughs> made in America. Did he literally put like fingers made? America? Apparently, <laughs> to Joe Biden, in America is one word. Right. Made in America. So, Kyle, I think this is more in your wheelhouse. Uh, I think the wrestling community would have two words for Joe Biden. Right? Sucky! Hey. <laughs> I gotta stop right there. <laughs> you I didn't say I it. Didn't you stopped say yourself. I stopped myself. Had a baby. Uh... Unreal. This isn't the first time that he's done this. He's done the same type of thing before, and people think it's okay. Well, my question is, and, and this is just me being naive, um, when they say this many jobs were created, does that take into account how many jobs were lost? Because oh, perfect example is my husband was, you know, he was let go, last was told last month that his entire department was being let go. Oh, he's totally taking credit for those jobs that a lot of people shut down and now have come back. They're oh. counting those as jobs created. Wow. Now, we are past a lot of that, so a lot of those numbers probably you would have seen in previous jobs reports. But still, there are some places that are opening back up that were closed down for the pandemic or for whatever reason. Maybe it was the cost of inflation. They're open back up now. Those count in these numbers. And it's still down compared to what the experts were expecting. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter until you get the real wages under control. And again, the real wages is the people in the workforce, what they're making, and what the inflation rate is. People are going to continue to lose money 
every single time under Joe Biden's policies. Mm-hmm. The, the, the universe is a cruel, uncaring void. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. The key to being happy isn't to search for meaning. It's to just keep yourself busy with unimportant nonsense. On 93 WIPC. It's the Hammer and Friends show. As uh, Big Nige is out, Mindy Winkler is here. Abdul has joined us in studio. How are you? Doing fine. I always like being part of the Hammer and Friends. <laughs> right. Greater than the Super Friends, I think. Uh, not greater than the Super Friends, but pretty darn close. <laughs> uh, we talked a lot yesterday, Abdul, about some of the polling numbers that uh, the group you're involved with, IndiePolitics.org, has released. Your group is partnered with a polling outlet, and we've got some numbers. Last week, we focused on the prosecutor's race. Now we've got some other races. I want to get into Todd Young here because I was surprised to see the polling numbers show that this was just a two-point margin. Todd Young leading by just two percentage points. The Democratic challenger, certainly within the margin of error here. What are your thoughts? Uh, Well, we think what it is, is that uh, Todd Young uh, has issues or I don't think he has issues. I think part of what his problem is, is his about 25 percent of Republicans are undecided about whether they're going to vote for Todd Young. Our theory is that those are kind of the Donald Trump MAGA, more ideological, the Rob Kendall-type conservatives, for, for lack of a better term. And so, because they're undecided on Todd Young, our theory is that that's what's bringing down Todd Young's numbers, because Indiana's, for the most part, a, a Republican-leaning state. Right. And so, for, for, a, for a U.S. Senate candidate, Todd Young to be almost tied with a Democrat, it's, it's like baseball, a tie goes to the runner. See, I'm... I'm, I'm Look at you doing sports. Sports analogies. Next thing you know, you're going to have a PBR in your hand, Abdul. (laughs) Oh, God, no. Uh, Yeah, so that's what we think. That's what the the, the issue is there, is that Todd Young has issues, or the the, the MAGA Republicans have issues with Todd Young. They're not sold on them yet. Now, still got 30 days to election day, so they could come home or just skip that race altogether. Now, the polling for the Todd Young race, was that done just in Marion County, or was that a statewide deal? Todd Young and Diego Morales also were both done statewide. Okay, so your polling group spoke to folks in northern indiana southern indiana uh both republicans democrats and independents too yeah and we had a breakdown of basically what we think the the the, the voter breakdown is indiana 43 percent republican 36 percent democrat uh the rest sort of other independent so those independents ultimately just your gut feeling abdul somebody that's been following indiana politics for a long time are they ultimately going to play ball and side with Todd Young, and this is going to end up being a ten to twelve point victory? Uh, possibly. Like I said, we will know. We'll know a little bit more after after the, after they have the debate uh, in a couple of weeks and some change. But uh, but I think the big thing is, is that Todd Young and to a lesser degree Diego Morales both had to get their base on board and do whatever they need to do to, to talk to them because you can't win without your base. That's just right. That's just plain and simple. So you bring up Diego Morales. Let's get into that. The polling shows Diego Morales, the Republican, trailing the Democrat. Now, again, was this polling just Marion County nope, or was this state, statewide? All statewide. Okay. Now, the plus-minus margin of error was around 5, if well, I remember the, correctly. The plus-minus, the margin of error was 4%. And Destiny Wells leads Diego Morales by four points. So, so statistically, right. the, the race is tied. But with Diego Morales, he sort of has the same issue that Todd Young has, except it's a different group of Republicans. Uh, for example, while Todd Young has 25% of Republicans undecided, Diego Morales almost has 30% of Republicans undecided. And by the way, I'll just let everybody know, we did the poll before the story broke about Diego's uh, sexual assault 
allegations. I did not want that to cloud, and that had that to sort of be on top of my like. I'm not voting for that guy because he's got this. Like, no, we kept that totally separate. So, right. So just keep just make that clear. But Diego, he had issues prior. You know, the fire from the AG's office, the Secretary Secretary's office, the the campaign vehicle, the the medical, the the military issue. The, the walking back on early voting, all that was already out there beforehand. And so I think a lot – and also he beat the the governor's the governor's candidate, Holly Sullivan. I don't think a lot of Republicans have gotten over that yet. So Diego has issues with 30 percent of what I call the establishment Republicans, where Sean Young has issues with 25 percent of the, of the MAGA Republicans. What has Destiny Wells been doing – uh, to put herself in a position to win. Because, yes, you can have one candidate make an ass of himself, but still have a big win if the other candidate is a complete zero as well. Seems like Destiny Wells, and again, I don't know her, I don't know anything about her really, but it seems like she's been running a pretty clean campaign. And actually, she's been actually talking to a lot of Republicans because that's where the that's where that's where the race is going to win, be won or lost. Just like uh, with Joe Donnelly and, and Richard Murdoch back in 2012, it was Republicans who were mad at Joe, mad at Richard Murdoch about his comment about rape and a woman getting pregnant is God's intent. The Murdoch moment. The Murdoch moment. Yeah, there's those Republicans that got Joe Donnelly elected. It could be those same Republicans that get Destiny Wells elected because of the sexual assault allegations. And we wrote we report about two of them, but I know for a fact there are at least five out there. Is there somebody? that our audience would know on a national level that you could compare Destiny Wells to? Like, with the things that she believes in, the type of Democrat that she is, is there a high-ranking Washington name that you could compare her to? Maybe like a Amy Klobuchar, like the, uh, sort of like Minnesota, maybe sort of that type Republican, or or oh, I, I, would, I would go Chris and Sienna. Uh, in Arizona, cinema. cinema in Arizona. Okay, so she's not a complete leftist lunatic. No, but she's she's walking a balance. Uh, it's like uh, it's like the movie with uh, the guy walking on the, between the, the World Trade Centers with with a balancing beam. Right. Because on the one hand, you got to keep your base happy, talk about you know abortion and voter ID. But on the other hand, you got to win, so you need the Republicans. So she's walking a very she's walking a very fine line. Because I think there's a big difference between being compared to. AOC to being compared to Kristen Cinema, yeah. right? I know House, Senate, I get it. But the type of Democrat here, like one is completely all in on the woke, leftist, radical side. The other one gets heat from her own party. Sometimes she'll play ball, sometimes she won't. Is that more where Destiny yeah, Wells Yeah, I think lives? Destiny Wells leads more that way than the, than the woke nonsense chatting with abdul hakeem shabazz radio host here at 93 wibc he's also a writer and the man behind indiepolitics.org now those are for elections happening this year you had an interesting article about some polling about one boss hogset joe hogset the feeling that his last election brought us was that that was going to be it for him. That was going to be his last term as the mayor of Indianapolis. He thought he might get some sort of cush gig in the Biden administration or something else. Well, that never happened. And now we're hearing chatter that, hell, there's nothing else to do. Might as well run for mayor again. What does the polling show about the want or the desire to have Joe Hogsett run again? We polled about 300 residents in uh, Marion County. The, 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 the sample size was a little bit smaller, but there was some technical reasons for that. Uh, but only about 35, 36% of folks thought the mayor should run for a third term. 
an office. Uh, another 30% said no. Another 30% said unsure. What about Democrats in that? Because you know what the Republicans are going to say. Uh, but what did the Democrats I say? I want to say only about, only about half of Democrats. That's interesting. Thought, thought the mayor should run for a third, for a third term. Uh, like I said, we're going to probably pull again maybe like January, February. Uh, with, with with some mo- bigger numbers for Marion County in particular. But, but I thought it was interesting that only a third of folks thought the mayor should run for election and only half of Democrats did, which which doesn't bode well for the mayor if he decides to run again. But of course, the big issues are crime in the roads, you know, right. big, big shocker. So Was it a mistake for the mayor's office and city leaders and civic leaders to kind of have that big mission accomplished ceremony, that celebration about a month or so ago about the crime numbers being lower in Indianapolis? Because anytime somebody does that kind of stuff, you set yourself up for failure if the numbers start to get squirrely. It didn't work for George W. Bush. And ever since they've had that little, hey, let's all smack each other on the ass celebration about crime, things have kind of gone on an uptick well it's kind of like being valedictorian in summer school <laughs> what, what do you what do you what does it really mean what do you what do you really get for it i mean obviously uh, the crime numbers are are the, the, the murder rate is down but yeah look at the murder rate in context what how many mass shootings do we have last year about three or four and so if you, one massive one with the fedex yeah. and shooting. so if you, if you take out the mass shootings and the crime numbers the homicide numbers are still are still the same. We're on so, pace for over 200 homicides again this year, which would put Indianapolis this year in the top three or four of all time. Exactly. And, and the argument that, well, well, homicides are up everywhere. Well, let me tell you something. When I, when I was in school and I failed a test, I told my dad, well, the test was hard. Everybody failed. My father's like, I don't care if everybody failed. I care about what you did. Right. So the, this argument that, well, murder's up everywhere, well, like, yeah, yeah, but it's still... It's still you in Indianapolis. And the places that you're comparing to when you say everywhere, is it the same political party? Is it the same leadership? Is it Democrat mayor? Is it Democrat prosecutor, city county council? Because Also, you're talking about cities that have much larger populations than Indianapolis does. Right. But per capita, Indianapolis is right there with Chicago, may even be ahead of Actually, Chicago. Actually, I think Indianapolis is ahead of Chicago right, right. now. Indianapolis has more people on ankle monitors than any Anywhere. other city in America without per capita, just in sheer numbers. Yeah, and, and to tell a drug dealer, okay, we're going to put you on home detention. Okay, that means I have to leave my house to sell drugs. Like, okay, <laughs> great, thanks. Uh, Abdul is with us. Uh, speaking of drugs, real quick, I know you got to get out of here, uh, but Biden comes out yesterday and shuffles out there and says they're not going to uh, prosecute weed and he's going to have this big deal where he's going to let people out of federal prisons for weed. Your thoughts? Well, uh, well, basically, it's, it's simple possession. Not like you, you're not that you're caught with, a, with an ounce of marijuana and 8 million, 8 million legal possessed guns in, in the trunk of your car. Right. And so it's, it's more symbolic because there's no one in federal prison per se for simple marijuana possession. Now, they do have the, the conviction, and this kind of clears their convictions. They get a job and you know, a place to live and that sort of thing. And what the, what the, what the president said was he recommended governors do the same thing. So uh, I sent an email to Eric Holcomb folks today. He's in Europe, so when he gets back, they'll probably get back with me on whether the governor's going to do the same thing, issue pardons just for simple, for simple possession. Don't most police officers or prosecutors, regardless of party, if somebody gets busted with just a little bit of weed, if they're not doing anything else, don't most of them kind of just ah, get the hell out of here? For the most part, there, there isn't anybody in jail or prison right now for just simple possession. Right. Use their simple possession and other stuff. Right. You robbed three stores and you had an ounce of weed. Exactly. You've got a ton of child porn and you also have an ounce of weed. Exactly. So, so from that perspective, you're right. But at the same time, though, the, the fact that marijuana is still illegal to possess in this country in the first place is, is a totally ridiculous 
argument in the first place. But I will say this. If you own stock in marijuana in marijuana companies, it just went up yesterday. <laughs> you got a show this weekend? Uh, no show this weekend because uh, you got IU football. They're playing the Nebraska. I think Michigan. Michigan. Michigan, Nebraska. Some some football team somewhere. <laughs> but we are back next week. All the cool baseball stuff you did at the beginning of this break <laughs> just, just went just, out the just, window just right the there. <laughs> Abdul, thank you. Hey, thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. What the hell was that? It's called sending a message. I think it will be received loud and clear. On 93 WIBC. It is the Hammer and Nigel show. Big Nige is out. Big Boobs McGee is in. And look who just walked <laughs> oh, in the geez. studio. The coach, Dan yeah. Dockich. I, I like this view way better than the view that I have looking at your sorry ass when we do these things. Mindy uh, had the funniest moment in the history of radio. And I, I don't even, you know, I get myself in trouble all the time. But when you, what, what was it? She told Mondo, if you treated me like that, you'd get some tongue. Was That's that right. It? Yeah. yeah. If, he did a pro- <laughs> if he did the right promposal, he was getting some tongue. So. <laughs> I was driving down the street and I started laughing. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad we're having a good time right now because last night, coach, oh. for about four hours, that might have been one of the most miserable experiences of a sporting event I've ever watched. It was interesting. You know, it was so bad. And Al Michaels said it was so bad it got good. Like, this is so awful. (laughs) You know, here's what I've said about the Colts, and I'm going to stick to it. They won. And look, in football, 17 games, I don't give a crap if you're supposed to be good, not supposed – just win. And so I'm going with that. But it was – you know, it was almost like – I felt like Russell Wilson – and Matt Ryan either didn't practice in the offseason or were fixing the game. I'm not sure which way it was going. <laughs> That's what I told Mindy. It, was it's like, like, it looked like Russell Wilson had money on the game with those punts he yes. was throwing up into the end zone. I've never seen a quarterback. Like, when I was a little kid and I got scared, I would close my eyes, put the covers over my head, and hope whatever I was scared of went away. i never seen a quarterback close his eyes and just throw the ball to the middle of the field. I never seen anything like it. It was unbelievable, Mindy. It was. So, Mindy, I think you can relate to this because maybe you've been on the other end before. I told my wife last night, watching this game and seeing the Colts win, it's like hooking up with a chick from Southport. It might not be your finest hour, but at the end of the night, you got the desired result and you hope to be better moving forward. Why is Mindy on the other (laughs) end of this? Is she hooking up with a girl or is she... Let me tell you you something. If you hook up with Mindy, your toes are tapping, big boy. (laughs) So, I mean, that's... That's winning the Super Bowl. Aww, you know, so you. I'm just saying, I don't know where that analogy came from, Mindy. I will defend you with that thank one. Thank you. I was very yeah. confused. I could just see young Mindy Winkler being the chick in high school wearing way too much makeup, no, too much Aquanet. No, you, no that was oh, never God, me. No, I no. could see young Mindy Winkler like going like, yeah, I don't deal with you high school boys. My my boyfriend is uh, the owner of Google, and you don't even know what Google is. My boyfriend you know is mean? the owner of Google. Yeah, he, it hasn't even begun yet. Yeah, I mean, no. Oh, Mindy isn't Mindy isn't running around in the Beach Grove Walmart pal. Hey, hey, hey. This hey. is high society over here. Well, I am from Anderson though. That's, so no. well, you're from uh, the upper crust of I've got Anderson yeah. and Andrean talking smack around oh, here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, you guys only have Grey Poupon at those That's locations. right. And don't you forget it, pal. Our fingers are out when we drink our tea. So what's the biggest thing? problem with this Colts team because I know we should all be like oh wow they won yeah. they, that's a that's a first place win because technically they're tied for first place right now but there's a lot of issues here 
Well, I think a couple things. One, the offensive line. I mean, I look, I, I got to tell you, this is what I do in football games. Like Urban Meyer, I told you this before, a long time ago said, just watch the line in football. So I watched the line, and I could not take my eyes. I'm trying to look down because I can't take my eyes off Mindy, but I'm, I could not take my eyes <laughs> We're off We're totally Matt getting Pryor. sent to HR after this segment. Sweet mother of but God. I'm, well, I'm wanting her response on this because I couldn't take my eyes off of Matt Pryor, the right guard. I tackle. I couldn't take my eyes off. I'm sitting there going, he's so bad. Like, he's just so terrible. Like, how are they paying you? for this. Out of Sagan, and he's, he's walking around like a drunk, you know, like at, at, at White Castle. I don't know. Explain it. Mindy, I'm telling you, it was like... He's walking around like a drunk. He was. And, and he didn't even get dirty because he was just trying to... If you go back and watch, I could not... Lindy, I, and, and Jason, I swear to God, I could not take my eyes off him. I'm like, this is so horrible that it's it's awesome to watch. He went, His jersey was white. Like, he was not dirty because I swear to God, if you go back and watch, all he did, he got in his little stance, he stood up, guy was going around him, he staggered and tried to push the guy, and it was like, holy hell. Like, wow. I've never seen anything like it. I've, I've, I literally never saw anything like it. Is that why Matt Ryan looks so bad? No, is it the offensive line? Bad. Or is Matt Ryan playing like he just doesn't give a damn anymore? I think he cares. I don't think that's the issue. I think, look, everybody wants to be – or thinks they're Tom Brady at 45 or, or, or uh, Aaron Rodgers at 39. In the history of the NFL, the guys don't play that long. Right. And we got a 30. 30- he actually looks a lot older than that. He does. Yes. <laughs> I made that and, comment to my husband last night. Yeah. I'm like, how old is this guy? And, I'm, uh, you know, people think, well, you know, Tom Brady's doing it. Oh, okay. That's an outlier for the age as well. Aaron Rodgers is doing it. Okay. That's another outlier for. This guy's old and occasionally, by football standards, he's mm-hmm. old. But occasionally, he's going to make terrible plays because he's never been at those guys' level. He's had good numbers, he's a stat kind of guy. And then you see, but I'll give him credit. At the end of the game, he boom, boom, got him down to the field, and they got another field goal. So give him credit for that. I well, guess. after having third and thirty-eight, that's however, unbelievable. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I literally said, "I'm like rec leagues, yeah. don't have third yeah. and thirty-eight. Yeah. <laughs> like you, some punters can't punt it back to the line of scrimmage, thirty-eight <laughs> yards. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what it was. So with the line being as bad as it is, and it shouldn't be a surprise, right. Mindy. You know this. You're a Colts fan, coach. We've talked about this. Every Colt fan knew left tackle was going to be a problem in the offseason, yeah. and we were basically laughed at by the smartest yes. people in the room. <laughs> oh, we're going to be fine. So let me just throw a Hail Mary out here. Are we at the point to where you're going to have to look at Quentin Nelson and say, okay, $20 million, you might have to play a little left tackle? You know, it's interesting because Quentin Nelson, and I've said this forever, when you are a athletic guy, most guys, Chris Hinton being one that is a legendary Colt, you, you get drafted as a guard, but you're athletic enough to play left tackle. He never even ran at the combine. He never ran on his pro day, which means he's slow, which means he's a he's he's a he's a road grader. He's just gonna push and and not be able to move. Um, and that's always been the thing. Like every great athletic uh, lineman runs and runs a phenomenal number at the kind of like people always say, well, the combine numbers don't matter. It's about being a football. Okay, yes, but they do matter in situations like this, Hammer. So he did not uh, run. He's slow. He, he, he can't move outside. 
Uh, so, and, uh, yes, my answer is I would like to see it, but no, he, he apparently isn't equipped to do it. Because Ballard has made it perfectly clear that they're not interested in taking this generational Hall oh, of Fame yeah. guard and moving him spots. It's like this. It, it's like, see, Hammer, you and I never had this, okay? Mindy did. When, when, when somebody would talk to Mindy that she was disinterested in, she <laughs> could just get rid of him. All right. When you and I, we're we're losers. We we like when anybody talks to us. We're right? usually the disinteresting people. Yes. See, Dan, you're incorrect because I'm just nice to everybody. You I, are I, nice, I actually have a hard time I, saying. I know no. you do, but you you Boy, have that's a you dangerous have status. Problem. You have status enough to do that. That's what Ballard did to me. Where were the girls that had a hard time saying no when I was 18? <laughs> Ballard did that to me. Ballard just dismissed me when I we were sitting like you and I are sitting across from each other other Mindy and I right now Ballard and I were sitting across and I said all right left tackle you got a guy that's never played I got dismissed like some sophomore asking Mindy to prom get away from me <laughs> get away <laughs> off with his head <laughs> no I mean I just got dismissed by I did it's like no he's, he's our left tackle he's really good I'm like oh, okay well this guy's supposed to know so but now you watch him I swear to God Mindy and Jason it is I couldn't stop watching I could not stop watching. Dan Dockett's joining us from the Dan Dockett Show and Outkick. All right, Coach, we've got about a minute left here. IU against Michigan, Purdue at Maryland, uh, BYU and Notre Dame in Vegas. Any one of these games do anything for you? 22 and a half. Indiana always plays Michigan well. Six of the last seven times, 22 and a half would have covered it. I'm going to homecoming. Mindy's going to homecoming. There's no way Indiana is going to win, but there's also no <laughs> way. <laughs> Which, that's so typical of Indiana to do this on homecoming. <laughs> Why are we playing Michigan, the Correct. number four team? We should be playing like Urbana College. Uh, I like Indiana. I'll take the 22. Purdue, um, uh, eh, eh. I like Purdue getting the points, and I'm not going to lie. I, I do not like Mike Loxley. I think he's the worst coach in college football. Look his record up in New Mexico, so I'm going to take Purdue. And I think Notre Dame's coming on. I know Notre Dame's a favorite in that game. It's in Vegas. It's part of the whole Shamrock thing. I'm going to take Notre Dame. I'm going to take Purdue, and I'm going to take Indiana, and I'll do all the action. I'll give the points to Notre Dame. I'll take the points in the other two. Coach, I won the Colts bet last night, taking the points. They won yep. on the money yep. line outright. Yep. I feel like I would have won the Naheem Hines bet. They threw yes. to him twice yes. in the first three plays before he was injured. So I feel like I was on yes. the right side yeah. of that. I think I overthought that over last night. Yeah, a little bit. Because <laughs> I saw the public hammering yeah. the under, and normally the public doesn't know their ass from a hole in the ground. <laughs> well, they These, did last night. The Bellagio wasn't built on the public winning, so I overthought it. I played Moneyball. I looked at the analytics, and I thought, you know what? The public's going over here. I'm going to ride the over. And boy, was that a bad decision. I have a new theory in gambling. I, I do this. I don't, I don't bet before. I, I took the Colts for way too much money last night, uh, plus seven, in the middle of the game because I, I thought they were going to win. I, I thought seven was too many points to give in a game that was so bad offensively. I'm like, right. seven's a lot of points in this crap <laughs> right. game, right? Right. <laughs> I, so no that, touchdowns in the I, entire nothing. game. Nothing. <laughs> hey, a guy bet 100 bucks, made 56. Uh, a guy bet 100, no touchdowns, made 5,600 on that bet. Whoa. Can you imagine? Great moments in gambling <laughs> history. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Coach, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you both. Mindy, you ready for a beer? I am. Oh, boy. We're going to do Beer Sample Friday Woo! next. Right now. Hammer and Nigel present. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, beer Sample Friday.
I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some. Oh, yeah. We've been waiting for this all show long. <laughs> we may That's have why started. I chose Friday to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> We may have started a little earlier. I'm not going to lie. Beer Sample Friday brought to you by Thompson Furniture and Mattress down in Columbus. Spencer and the gang, uh, big supporters of what we do here on the Hammer and Nigel show. That's where I got my Tempur-Pedic mattress from. Oh, man. This mattress is so good, it's become a part of the family. That's how much I love this thing. So uh, take care of the folks that take care of us. Thompson Furniture and Mattress down in Columbus. Mindy, thank you so much for filling in today. Absolutely. Now, the beverage we've got here is a little topical. Sometimes we get beers that uh, we just haven't had yet. Sometimes it's things that people provide to us. This is just a matter of something that I think was topical. So I'm going to slide this bad boy over to you here. Oh. And why don't you tell everybody what we got? Leinenkugel's Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Now, it's October now, and a lot of the Oktoberfests have already happened. Let's crack these open. Oh, there we go. But, uh, man, this just looks like it's going to hit the spot here. So if you've got a beverage wherever you're at, raise it up. Or if you stayed up way too late watching that god-awful excuse (laughs) of an NFL game, then you deserve a beverage. Cheers with me here, Mindy. There we go. Beer Sample Friday, everybody. Oh, that hits the spot. Oh, yum. That is really good. Langen Google's Oktoberfest, a crisp, traditional German-style beer, 12 ounces of pure happiness, (laughs) 5.1% alcohol by volume. Man, we got another hour to go here, Mindy. Um, We've got the biggest stories of the day. And again, we talked about this earlier. You and I have known each other for a long time, probably about over 20 years now. I know your family. You know my family. This story about the Purdue kid that got murdered in his dorm room, Mm -hmm. man, it just, it tugs at my heartstrings because I see a lot of similarities between that kid and my youngest one, just a genius level kid. You've got a son that goes to Purdue. So I want to get your thoughts on everything that's going on there. And we're also going to have some fun. It's Friday, right? Right. We're going to kickstart the weekend. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have some beers. We're going to say some inappropriate things (laughs) and just hope and pray that Mindy (laughs) doesn't take us to HR. (laughs) I already get a file for you oh good good thank you for that be sure to catch us every weekday three to seven on 93 wibc or subscribe and get it right to your phone